Hey there. Before we get going today, I want to give you guys a few discount codes for our products and our show sponsors. So please don't just zip through this. If you're listening to the podcast, we at Hardwick Life want to reward you for your loyalty. So take 25% off your order of any of our products at hardwick.life by using the code HardwickFF25. That's HardwickFF25 because we consider you friends and family. That's FF. That's Hardwick FF25. And the website is hardwick.life. It's like hardwick.com, but it's hardwick.life. In case you've missed it, we've lowered the price of that Lose Like a Lineman and Lose Like a Lady program all the way down to just $25. That's a one-time fee. It's not monthly. It's not recurring. And yes, because you listen to this podcast, that Hardwick FF25 code will take 25% more off of that. So if you want me to do the math for you, that's $18.75. And the Facebook support group is now $0. Why? Because I get a bigger kick out of seeing people reclaim their health and reclaim their lives than I do making money. So why not make it free, Nick? That's what you may ask. Because I do believe it has to sting a little bit in order for you to make it happen. If it's free, you're going to treat it like it's free, which means it's going to end up in the recycle bin. The psychological term for that would be called the opt-in. Also, thank you to the show sponsors and products that I've been using for years now. Bubs Naturals and Julian Bakery, both are tremendous products. I highly recommend them both. For 20% off of Bubs Naturals, use the code HARDWICK20 at bubsnaturals.com. And for 10% off of Julian Bakery, use code Nick Hardwick, that's just my name, Nick Hardwick at julianbakery.com. And lastly, if you love this show and it benefits your life in any way at all, even if it's a tiny way, please rate and review us wherever you listen to the show. Something as simple as a five-star rating, not asking too much, and a love this show, Jamie is the best, will help boost our rating so more people can see us and who knows, maybe their life gets better too. Thank you, guys. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, gang. Welcome into the Hardwick Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hardwick. Our guest today, Sean Finnegan, is the creator of the Anchor Gym. So, Sean is a former U.S. Navy, Marine Corps, field medic, and a cancer survivor. Uh, The creation of the Anchor Gym for him was forged out of a necessity and really survival. So, he got out of the military. Sean became a licensed physical therapist and a fitness nutrition coach. And unfortunately for him and really fortunate for us, he couldn't find a fitness system that could anchor all of the accessories he used for his patients, his clients, and even himself to a wall. So rather than settle for less, he decided to invent one. Thus, the Anchor Gym was born. He's, he has a bachelor's degree in biology from Illinois College. He has a master's in physical therapy from the Mayo Clinic. Mayo, Mayo, I don't know how you say it. And the Anchor Gym, it's a system that I've been using very consistently three to four times a week for nearly a year now. And I've been getting great results in a very efficient time manner. And you guys know, I don't promote things that I don't use. My criteria really, really for promoting anything is I've got a list of five. It has to be effective. It's got to be efficient. It's got to be practical to use. It's got to be attainable for most of you to use. Otherwise, why promote it in the first place? And part of being attainable for you is it has to be affordable for you. So if you follow me for a while, you know I used to promote another resistance fitness band system or resistance band fitness system. 
while it was super high quality, true, it also had a really high price tag and practically it had some limitations to it dimension wise. So I set out something that checked out more of my own boxes and I stumbled onto the anchor gym. And after using it for a while, seeing how effective it was for me, I reached out to Sean to see if I could have him on the podcast to get his story and the story of the product. So here we go with that. If you're interested in the anchor gym, you can find a link to the store in the show notes or in my bio on Instagram. I am at Nick Hardwick guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this show. Let's learn a little bit together. Hey, Sean, what's going on? What's up, brother? How are you? Good. What's uh, what's a normal day look like for you? Work-wise? Yeah, or just like, you know, like a regular work week, work day. What's that look like? I usually get up at five. Yeah. And I do my morning routine, which is basically I, I meditate first. Okay. 15 minutes automatically. How long How long have you been doing that? About three years. Okay. I didn't, I, I'm, I, I didn't for the first six months, it was just like, you know, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> it's true. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> why, why am I doing this? You know, but, I'm just sitting here. Yeah. Everybody says, you know, you got to meditate, you got to meditate. And I was like, okay, well, you know, all the, the, the experts in the field, you know, and, and awareness and stuff like that. So I say, okay, I'll just keep doing it and doing it until I feel something. And about a year later, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. It's really a, a prelude to the day because what happens is you get caught up in your thoughts and it kind of takes you on this roller coaster ride of emotions. But when you apply the awareness techniques that you, you know, when you practice during meditation, it's really interesting because you can step away from that a little bit. You know, they, call, they talk about getting into the seat of consciousness. Yes awareness and it really calms you down it it's, gives you this you know feeling of peace throughout the day so i love to start my day off 15 minutes of you know meditation i just watch my thoughts i realize it's just my thoughts it's not me i'm the guy you know observing them there that's i think that's the important thing to note after you've done it for a while you realize you've get these thoughts these feelings the emotions that kind of come into your world into your brain I don't know why my hands are doing this, but that's kind of how I view it. You know, you're the seat of consciousness here. And then all of a sudden you get these bubbles of thoughts, feelings, emotions that fly around and you can just observe them. You don't have to grab onto them and do anything with them. You don't have to play with them. You don't have to entertain them. You can just go, yep, there they are. And a lot of times when, when they're not something that you want to grab onto, it's almost like when you identify them, they just dissolve. You just kind of go away. Where'd you start with that? Uh, was it an app? Was it a book? Where, how'd you learn? I learned uh, a guy named Mike Singer. He wrote a book called um, um, Untethered Soul. Cool. And I've, I've read it three times, actually. And I always have it at my bedside because I just like to pick it up and just read it. And it's really, it, he's, he's really a, a guy that helps people, you know, practice it, you know, not just do it. You know, meditation is really uh a daily thing, you know, I mean, it, it's, you should be performing it or tapping into it, you know, throughout the day, really. And that's really what it's about is that meditation is uh, an exercise that you carry on throughout the day. And it really does work. I mean, it took me a while to, to feel it, 
or to understand and realize how it's helping me. Yeah. But it really, really helps. So I do that 15 minutes in the morning. And then I do 50 uh, squats, deep squats. And then I do 100 or 100 plus push ups. And then I take uh, a cold shower, <laughs> like an ice cold shower. It's like, but not for very long. <laughs> but but you get you get in there and it it really it awakens you, doesn't it? I mean, after one well, plus, you've already done fifty deep squats and a hundred push-ups. So hundred push-ups. So I just kind of do that, and my morning routine has kind of evolved, I'd say. But uh, I feel like that, and I, and I make my bed every day. I have to make my bed, otherwise my wife gets really upset with me. So I don't know if I would. Yeah, that's a that's a nice crisp bed there. Oh yeah, I was in the Navy, so I know how to make. Bed. <laughs> I was going to say that had to, I was like, that had to come from the military background, right? It's like, get over here, Finnegan, make this bed. Is that crisp enough? Exactly. But the cool thing is, is that, you know, I, I, I think I got a genetic predisposition for OCDC or what is it? OC, OCD, OCD, OCD. Yeah. Is that a OCDC? OCDC is probably some sort of music group. <laughs> <laughs> That's ACDC, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. OCDC is the new, OCDC is the new age one. The new, exactly. So my mom would like bring in her friends to show them my room when I was a kid. Because <laughs> I was so neat and tidy and I folded my clothes really nicely and stuff. And I don't know what, where it came from, but just, I was never a messy kid. I like things organized. I like things, I like to know where things are at. So everything has its little place. Yeah. I started practicing minimalism. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And I, I, I watch and listen to these, the, another podcast, the, the minimal minimalists. Yeah. And they, I, I started, um, I watched their show on Netflix years ago. Yeah. I, I just watched that recently. Yeah. Those guys are great, you know, and, uh, I listen to those guys and, you know, so I live in a very small space here in LA and I, I love the fact that I, everything has its little place and it's tidy and I don't have a lot of excess around. I just keep it, you know, to what I need, what I use, and I don't have a lot of fluff happening. So we, they would call that in the Navy, right? Ship shape. It's, it's ship shape. Yeah. I mean, everything's, everything has to have its place. Otherwise it's going to fly all over the place when you hit a wave. Exactly. When you're on a ship. Yeah. Everything, but, but the quarters are so small. So you have to kind of really economize your space. If I open my closet back there, it's like a piece of art. <laughs> really yeah it's like everything's in alignment i have a system for everything you know so the colors the colors go where they should every yeah exactly the colors <laughs> and i know exactly okay what to wear because it's a cycle you know i cycle through things and oh you do yeah so like monday monday to friday you've got this is kind of the gear that i'm yeah i have I'm a certain amount of pants that i rotate through and i know i, I or wear this one that day and that, you know what i mean so oh, it's got cool. kind of this whole system. I, I like to systematize things, you know? Yes. Especially good things in my life, you know, like fitness and meditation and things, you know, for my health, I tend to, you know, evaluate it and try to plug it in to my lifestyle. And then it becomes an automatic thing. So it's just, it just happens like that, but it takes a little while to, to do that with like with meditation and stuff. But I yes. try to figure out, you know, which, where to plug it into my day. And I tried meditation at night. I tried exercising during the morning and, you know, this, you know, just try different things. 
and it sort of kind of fits where it fits. Yes. And uh, so, so systematizing things is kind of the way I try to tell people is like, you know, with, with anything in, in your life, if you systematize it and, or it becomes a habit, then, then you've got, then, then you don't, you know, talk yourself out of it or that's right. You know, then you're just on autopilot. Right. So I think, I think it's super key to system systematize things to put things where they fit into your day. Obviously everybody's day is kind of constructed differently. It works differently. Some people like to wake up a little gentler. Some people like to take a cold shower, you know, after they do 50 deep squats and a hundred pushups. But, you know, it's the same concept. I, I did a little podcast, like a solo podcast a couple of weeks ago about, you know, the Steve Jobs black turtleneck. It's like that's part of him eliminating decisions that he has to make in his life so he can focus on the ones that he does. And what it really allows when you do that, when you put certain aspects of your life on autopilot is it requires no willpower. You know, you're just, you just plow right through that. It doesn't drain your willpower. So then when something new comes into your life, it's like, I've got a lot of willpower. I've got a lot of energy left for that because everything else just kind of happened in your day, right? It's like all of a sudden you show up to work and it's two o'clock and you're like, okay, this is the first obstacle I've encountered today. I haven't, I haven't had to recreate my day up until this point. So now I've got the bandwidth, the willpower and some stamina left over for that. So I think it's, I'm, I'm right with you. I love a, a pretty regimented program systematized and make it orderly. And then it just, it happens. The day just flows. Yeah. And another thing I did was I, I got rid of TV and cool. year, years ago. So I don't watch the news. Good for you. The news will happen on the internet. So I, I, I get the big things, but the other, all that, the stuff on the news I was really into it at one time, you know, I was watching CNN and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, about five years ago or so, I just said, you know what, I'm going to unplug and I'm going to just listen to podcasts and and watch YouTube, whatever I want to watch and feed my, my, my soul and my body with, and that's really helped eliminate a lot of noise. And, and, you know, it's funny because some people come up to me and at work, did you hear about this? I'm like, no. (laughs) <laughs> no what tell me tell me what happened i don't really care yeah tell me what happened i want to hear oh wow wait really yeah <laughs> whatever you know yeah but that's that's part of the the thing is like getting on you you have elected to get off of some roller coaster that you never really a lot of times subconsciously you're choosing to be on it, but you've made a conscious decision to go, I didn't really enjoy the ride that I was on. Why was I doing that anyway? So I could stay current in a conversation at work about something that doesn't matter to me. Like it, it's silly. All this political stuff going on. I'm like, listen, I'm just going to do what I need to do in my little world here. Yes. Be it, to be the best person I can be, the best father I can be, the best brother I can, you know what I mean? all those things, I just laser focus. I mean, you really got to focus on, you know, yourself and your, you know, you and your surroundings and not get caught up in all this stuff that's happening outside that you have no control over. (laughs) None, none. Yeah. No control. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you, even if you went out and did whatever you protested, you did whatever there's, you're not, you're not making a dent. You're not putting it. It's, it's just, it's beyond. Yeah. And so I really do. I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. And like, part of it is just, 
being selfish enough. <laughs> yeah, throw, <laughs> throw it over here. Be it, <laughs> like, be, it is, isn't it? You know, they, the kids now, the kids now, they all have uh, fidget spinners. They all have like things that they fidget with. Yeah, there you go. You could just spin it on your finger and it's, it's the adult fidget. Exactly. I used to, I used to carry when I was playing football in high school, the coach, you know, I was a running back. So the coach would make me carry the ball around and guys would try to get away from me during the day. That's right. <laughs> you know, so I would have to you know, carry it tight, you know, through classes and stuff. And their goal was to try to make me fumble. It was really kind of a fun little uh, thing we used to play in high school. That's, we did that with our running backs all through the league. I mean, if a guy if a guy got a case of the fumbles, sure enough, he'd be walking through the hallway, and guys would be trying to punch it out. Then you got guys wrestling on the floor, in the middle of the facility, fighting over a ball that, like, no, no, this isn't. What are we doing here? Oh my god, it's so fun. It's years yeah. ago, but it was, it was it was yeah. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in a really small town in, in, in uh, Illinois, near Peoria, okay. Illinois. Peoria, oh, yeah. Illinois, home of a caterpillar plant. Exactly. My dad worked for Caterpillar. My mom worked for Caterpillar. My aunt worked for Caterpillar. I mean, everybody worked for Caterpillar, my family. But it was a small town called Chillicothe. And that was a Native American tribe, apparently. Yeah. And Chillicothe is a town of 6,000 people. So, you know, everybody knew everybody. It was like Mayberry, you know? <laughs> it was like nobody locked their doors. Everybody knew everybody. And, and that, that was kind of good and bad sometimes. But um, that's the way I grew up. I mean, you know, I, all my aunts and uncles were nearby my cousins and it was like this little tribe. It was great. Oh, that's fun. You know, rode our bikes around and played outside all day. And cause you know, no internet, no free channels. Exactly. Born in 67. So <laughs> were you? Wow. So you're 14. You look amazing. Yeah. I'm 54 now. I was going to say what, man, you got some good lighting on you. Well, I have to, That's, I have to sh- you do a shout good. out for you because I have to thank you so much because you've changed my life literally because I That's listened nice. to your podcast. Uh, uh, we're recording, right? Yeah. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. I want to tell your listeners how this went down because this is such a cool story that you reached out to me after you bought my product and yeah. you thanked me and it was so, I, I, that's what I live for. I love doing, you know, that's why I do my business. I want to help people and stuff like that. So you chimed in and said that, you know, really, I love your product. It really helped me, blah, blah, blah. And then you have a podcast. And so I hopped on the podcast and like the first episode, it was about uh, restore you with uh, Courtney Garner. Oh, Courtney Garner. Yeah. And at that, that time I was kind of looking for an anti-aging because I'm getting to that point where I, yeah. And plus I have, you start to feel it in my neck. So I have thyroid issues and stuff like that. So I, I was looking for a solution and the universe just unfolded it and just gave it to me through you. And that was such a great thing because like, as soon as I listened to that, I was like, wow, this is it. So I called her and now I'm, you know, doing her program and I can't thank oh, you enough awesome. for that because that's, she's really good. Isn't she? She's amazing. She's really good and, and runs a great business, great business. She's so there, you know, cause I yes. tried other anti-aging doctors too, but they're you know not accessible. And it's really difficult to get them on the phone and, you know, to, to just bounce ideas off of, cause I was, you know, I have, I, you know, questions about supplementation or, you know, is this food good for me or whatever. So she's super helpful and her assistant Moni is really great. So 
Exactly. Yeah, that's what I, I tell everybody. I'm like, her assistant is fabulous. And I tell her all the time. I'm like, you're so like, I'm like, great. never let never let money money go if you're Courtney. No, you can't. So that really has been a super huge shift for me. So I feel cared for in the right that's way. Awesome. And you know, I'm, I feel like I'm on a really good trajectory with uh, my supplementation and, and hormone replacements and things like that, because oh, my, my stuff was kind of low because, you know, I, my, my um, cancer, I had like stage three neck or throat cancer. Wow. Back in 2011. And um, that was a huge shock because, you know, that diagnosis is a shock for anybody. Yeah. And at 44 years old. Exactly. At 44 years. Non-smoker. Non-smoker. Wow. But histories of my family, of course, my dad died of cancer, my aunts and uncles died of cancer, three, three aunts and uncles died of cancer, and my cousin died of cancer. So I was thinking, oh, shit, here's, here I go, you know, this could be my turn. And I had a five-year-old and a two-year-old time. Scared me, scared, scared the shit out of me. Actually. Oh, I'm sure it did. So, yeah, so I had to go through all that treatment and surgeries, I had three surgeries and stuff like that. Luckily, radiation, but that was good. Yeah, no kidding. Radiation. Yeah, I had radiation and had um, chemo. Both. Yeah. My dad had throat cancer. Oh, really? Yeah, but he was a heavy smoker. I see. For for a long time, so forty plus years of at least two packs a day. Which you do the math on two packs of cigarettes a day. That's a, a staggering. Cigarettes amount. or something like that. Or- that's yeah, it's like forty cigarettes, but. I mean, for a while he was three packs a day, which is 60 cigarettes. I mean, you think about doing that's like one every 15 minutes, even more. It's yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's on that train of thought there. I mean, I, I studied this guy named Dave Asprey. Yeah. And he's written a couple of books and stuff like, that. Oh yeah. Bulletproof for anti-aging and stuff like that. I've read his book and uh, he talks about nicotine in a positive light because nicotine itself is actually a good chemical like caffeine is, but the delivery system of the cigarette, the tobacco, the smoke and stuff like that is, is faulty. You know, it's right. That's the, that's the not so good part of it. Cause all the other ancillary chemicals, the tar and so on. So yes. Have you ever tried nicotine gum? Yeah, I have some here. Do you? Yeah. I have I, nicot- nicotine. I don't do well on nicotine. Do you? No kidding. Yeah. It's supposed to be really good for the brain. Yeah, that's what I, it's a nootropic or whatever. So I do, yep. I use it for that. It's a very small dose, like four milligrams. Like I guess a cigarette's like eight to 10 milligrams. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's a smaller dose and it's basically used for, you know, brain en- enhancement. And so I, I chew, you know, three or four pieces a day and I, I do feel it for sure. I mean. Oh, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I drink this, uh, it's called Amazing Coffee, and it's got all these different mushrooms in there and things like that. Oh, perfect. So that's kind of, uh, plus coffee and too, as well. And I also uh, do intermittent fasting throughout the week. And that's that's helped a lot too. I like that. I do like a, a 12 to 16 hour intermittent fast. So I'll eat at night at seven and stop eating till, you know, 10 o'clock the next day or 12 the next day. And I just yeah. do the bulletproof coffee concept where it's called a fat fast. Yes. Yeah. Where you're not, you're not letting your insulin kick in. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're just suppressing insulin as long as you can. So you do the autophagy thing. Yes. That was a new term. I just discovered autophagy and I didn't realize how powerful it is because your body cleans out these old. It's this 
cell sloughing. Cell sloughing, exactly. Yes. Your skin. Yeah. And it's it's a weird it's a weird thing because some people believe in it and some people don't, and it's really difficult to prove. You know, how do we? How can like as a scientist, how can you prove that you're losing cells and regenerating new ones? It's a difficult thing to do, but in theory, it makes sense. Well, the scientist that discovered it got the Nobel Prize in 2016. Apparently, that's what I read, and uh, about autophagy and the effects of health and autophagy. So that's why. Yes the intermittent fasting is so popular, I guess, because there is science behind it. Yes. And there's, there's a lot of science too behind longevity and caloric restriction. Exactly. So I think that's, that's one of the biggest things when it comes to weight loss, you know, the intermittent fasting really works because it gives people less touch points to, to mess up their food choices. You know, you get in there and you open up that can of worms and some people just have a very difficult time of stopping, you know, it's like, uh, but if you give, and I think a lot of people work well, just like, you know, you go through your day. It's like a lot of people work well with structure. Just tell me, tell me what I can and I can't do. And I can do that. But you know, there's, and, and a lot of different things work and a lot of different ways work, but having a, a guideline or a set of rules or principles that you follow helps a lot of people find their success, which I guess is kind of what we're all after. It's like helping people find something that works for them, that's sustainable, that is effective too. Yeah. Just plug it into your lifestyle and see how it affects you. I feel good yeah. when I do intermittent fasting, I feel less bloated. I feel more energy. And so yeah. you sort of kind of key into the, 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 the outcomes of it, like fitness, you know, I feel great yes. when I, I can, I can't talk myself out of doing it now. Cause I know <laughs> if I do it, I'm going to feel better. So, you know, but a lot of people, when they first start out, don't feel good because their diet's all shit and they're really out of shape and it's really difficult. So when I was, I was a, a personal trainer for years and I would just tell people, you know what, just do a little bit. And then you just build on it, you know, like, like with pushups, for example, you can only do 10 pushups. That's fine. Just do 10 and then maybe add another one down the road. That's, that's right. I mean, and then add another one. So I would, when I started doing my pushups in the morning, I was only at 50 and that was hard. I mean, 50s may be a lot for some, but 50s. Yeah. For me, I, I mean, I, it, I started at 50 because I was in okay shape. <clears throat> and then I was like, okay, let's apply the principle. You know, let's do five more. And that, that was the new norm. Now it's a hundred. Sometimes I take it up. To, I've done 150. One time I was like, Hey, I'm feeling really good. I'm just going to go to see where I, I go. Do you break it up into sets? No, I just do one. Wow. That's incredible. They're, they're like hard. pulse, pulse pushups. They're not full on extension. You know, I don't extend yeah. my elbow all the way, but actually it, it does keep my muscles engaged if I don't lock my elbows. That's so right. I'm just like, you know, like doing like these, I would say, you know, three quarters pushups. But you're keeping all the tension in your chest. All the tension in my chest. Yeah. And I feel like, wow, I feel like pumped. And so the squats in the morning and that, that really gets my heart rate going. I'm really feeling it. And then the cold shower and then done, I'm ready for the day. And I got my bulletproof coffee. And then, uh, so, but everybody has their own. Yeah. I tell people just try it, try it for yes. a couple of weeks, you know, try to meditate for a couple of weeks, you know, try to observe your thoughts when you have a, you know, a thought that's going to carry you down a path. You don't want to go just observe yourself going down that path. Don't, don't go down the path. Observe yes. yourself going, you know what I mean? There's a difference. 
a huge difference. So that's kind of what, what I used to cook when I was a fitness professional, I would just kind of just add just a teeny bit. And before you know it, you're, it's like, it's like climbing a mountain, you know, you don't want to look up and see how high you're going to go. No. Like I hiked the grand, keep your head down. Yeah. Keep your head down. When I was hiking the grand Canyon, I was, had a backpack and stuff like that. I just, I just looked down. I just kept walking, you know, just one foot and, you know, just focus on that. And then you'll get there, you know, at some point. That's right. That's a really enjoyable hike, by the way. I did that one last year. Yeah. And I always, I was one of those guys who was like, it's just a hole in the ground. What are we do? Go to hike the Grand Canyon. It's a huge, it's a huge hole, but we had flown over it so many times going east to west or west to east or whatever. And the pilot's always like, there's the Grand Canyon on your right. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's pretty neat. But in my head, I'm like, it's just a big giant ditch. But then, and when you're up top, it's, it's, it's cool. But then when you get down in there, that's when it, it becomes, it's magical. It is. It's so. And it, it changes. It changes as you go down through there. The colors get more vibrant. I mean, the sun's coming up. Usually you leave early in the morning to go down and the sun comes up and the rock changes colors and like the water, the, the Colorado river at the bottom of it is mass. You can't even see it from the top. It's like awesome. millions of years of Earth's history kind of projecting out. You're just looking at it and like, wow, this is unbelievable. Yeah, that's right. You're kind of walking back into time, right? It's, if if you can allow yourself to imagine how it was created and how it started, I mean, it may have started as a wide river, or a little stream, and it just kept carving and eroding and carving and eroding. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's unbelievable. I've done, I've done it twice, once in my, the early thirties. And then like five years ago, I did it. The first time I did it, I did it with my aunt and we did a rim to rim in one day. Wow. It was, you know, it's 20 some miles. Yes. And there's, you know, like nine miles down and like X amount of miles this way. And then it's like unbelievable. The only thing that kept me going there, cause I was pretty young and fit at the, at that time. And I didn't have a backpack cause we were going to camp on the other side. So right. I just a fanny pack with water, but people were running it. <laughs> I know they were running it. I was like, okay, if they're running it, I could surely walk this thing. Come on. So they, they would run rim to rim in one day. And I was just trying to walk. Yeah. Rim, rim to rim to rim. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, these, and I, they would pass me and then it's almost got to the top. They're coming back down. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, these people are insane. They're crazy. But that's what kept me going. Like, okay. It's like, you know, when you see somebody doing something, it kind of gives you a little bit of motivation, you know? Yes. Yeah. A lot more juice when you realize, well, there's, you can keep going here. I mean, there's, there's. Hogging this thing. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> just walking it. I know. One thing I'm it's, it was crazy when we were doing it. Apparently one of the best ultra runners in the world, it was like uh, October, the first year of the pandemic. And he was just kind of camping out there and doing this thing every single day. And some dude runs by us. And then we come up and pass some people like, you know who that was? Like, I have no idea, but that guy could really run. Like, oh, he's the best ultra runner in the world. It's like, oh. They run 100 miles. Just no problem. Just up and down the mountain and hopping over rocks. And I mean, that was, it, it, it's a beautiful hike. And I did find, I thought this was a really cool concept was, the further I got down into the canyon, the better the people got. 
So the more you got, the more you got away from kind of the Instagram crowd and you got into the, the real crunchy crowd. Uh-huh. They're like, yeah, there's a community people, down there. Yes. Yeah. And people who really enjoy the space and they didn't want to just come take the picture. They wanted to immerse themselves in it. So that was into the river. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was Is that cold or what it's cold. Yeah. It was cold, but my legs were sore on the way down and they've got that little uh, phantom ranch down there and the general store that's part of it. Well, it was closed. So we couldn't buy beer and I didn't realize you couldn't, we didn't take beer, but there was a group of, uh, and I'm not a beer drinker, but it just seemed like a hell of a day to have a beer at the river. And so we were down there and there was a group of uh, raft guides that were, there was like 20 of them and they didn't have a, they didn't have any people that they were guiding. It was just the end of the year trip for them. So they were taking like a 14 day or a 21 day trip down the river, just as the end of the year celebration. And they're like, you boys want some beer? And like, yeah, yes, we do. Yeah. We're going to sit our butts right here in this cold river and ice our legs. And that was amazing. I, that, exactly right. So when I got, I got down there, my legs were sore. Cause I was carrying about 30 pounds on my back yep. and my legs were pretty sore. And I got in that river and I got out and I'm like, wow, I can hike some more. You can keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It does it. I guess it releases some of those good neurochemicals, the adrenaline, the norepinephrine. It's like, it's like the ice bath, right? Yeah. Hands are swollen and <laughs> yeah. swollen, you know, so you remember <laughs> it's like, and everything's not swollen now. Yeah. When did you go to the Navy? Was it immediately out of high school or did you go to college first? No, I was in the um, reserves. Okay. So what happened was, is right after high school, about three days after graduation, I was on a plane to San Diego for boot camp. Yeah. That was a pretty big shock. <laughs> Congrats. I've never, never seen a Filipino till, till I got to San Diego. And then there's yeah. all these Filipinos, you know, come on, God damn it. So <laughs> it was funny. Cause I, you live in Chillicothe, it's all white people and, that's right. One black uh, uh, family that moved when I was senior in high school. That was the first, you know. No kidding. You know, yeah, it was like that. So, but it was great because, you know, they were, they were they're really cool and they were athletes and they, they were, you know. Yeah, you got you to gotta become friends with them because they. They were a great family. Played sports, yeah. Played sports, but um, yeah, so right after high school, I went to boot camp. And then after boot camp, that's three months in San Diego, I went right to my freshman year in college. And so a uh, reservist is like you do uh, drills once a month. Yeah. And then you do two weeks out of the year active. So during the summers, I would go to Camp Pendleton for a couple of weeks because I was a corpsman. So I was yes. trained as a hospital corpsman, which is like a medic, uh, yep. field medic for and the it, you're part of the Marines, actually. Yeah, you're always attached to a, a marine unit, right? Either yeah, either that or hospital, or not, not always, but field hospital, because okay. the Marines don't have any medics, so the Navy covers for them. So in Camp Pendleton, there's a huge naval hospital, and every every Marine unit has a corpsman. So I was basically one of those guys that was attached to a, a, a Marine unit, and uh, we trained out there. To, so two weeks out of the year, I would go to Camp Pendleton. But I did have to go to course uh, hospital corpsman school. So the next summer after boot camp during freshman and sophomore year of college, I went to to, to be uh, to train to be a corpsman. And basically, a corpsman is like a, 
kind of like a nurse kind of nurse yeah nurse, yeah yeah i was drawing blood i was giving ivs i was doing physicals um so they give you a lot more latitude in the, in the military to do a lot a lot of different things right so i got trained as a corpsman for three months and then after that it was two weeks out of the year and i did it for six years so it helped me pay for school no kidding uh, helped me pay for undergrad and then grad school so i almost got i almost got uh wrapped up in that war in 19 the gulf war oh in the early 90s early 90s yeah that hit and luckily it was over and so quick that <laughs> that one happened in a hurry didn't it yeah they were like i was ready to deploy though because they were they're like okay there's a high probability if this thing goes on that you're going to be deployed so i was i was in my freshman or sorry my first year of physical therapy school at the mayo clinic and um where is the Mayo Clinic? Is that Minneapolis? It's in Rochester, just south. Of oh, okay. Gotcha. And so, yeah, so I was ready for that. So luckily that didn't, didn't happen, but you know, Hey, I was ready, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had trained, you were ready to do. Totally. Yeah. yeah they trained me really well. And I really enjoyed it. The camaraderie and the, the bullshittery that everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, I just, just bond with the dudes and you have a good time and, you know, you could get in some shit, you know, you don't know, but there's, yeah, probably pretty like it when you're with the Marines. Yeah. <laughs> likes to, they're likes to fight guys. Likes to fight guys. Yeah. Yeah. I was a uh, nice though. When I went to Purdue university, I was a Marine Corps ROTC scholarship kid before I walked onto the football team. So, you know, and so I know that was, those were my people. Exactly. Yeah, likes, yes, everything, every. I mean, you go out for a beer, and all of a sudden you're in an arm wrestling tournament. It's like, how did how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, I can drink more than you, but oh yeah, watch this. Ah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, you're young and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. So then you go from getting your master's in physical therapy, and then where did you land? I didn't know where I wanted to land at that point because uh, they 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 have a thing called traveling physical therapy uh, companies. And at, okay. that, at that time, I didn't really know where I wanted to be as far as geographically. I know I had relatives okay. in Florida and relatives in Arkansas, relatives in Arizona. So I did these traveling assignments. So I, my first traveling assignment was in, in Florida near my mom. She lived in Sarasota, it was in Orlando, Florida. So you do these small, like three to four month assignments. And it was really great because you know, they, they give you housing that you, know, you just bring your clothes basically. And they pay right. really well. So that was good. And so I said, okay, I want to go to Orlando for my first job. So I did that for three to four months. And then after that, I'd have my next assignment set up, but I'd give it a, a month. So I would have a month off to just do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. So I was into traveling. So I went to Europe, I went to Turkey, I went to South America, Central, you know, during these cool. little blocks of one month off kind of thing. So I did an assignment in Orlando. I did an assignment at Palm Springs, Long Beach, Arizona. So I just kind of bounced around the, the sun belt because I didn't want to yep. be cold anymore because I- <laughs> You're over it. And cold. Because, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, Illinois is cold enough, but Minnesota, Minnesota is like- Minnesota is a beat down. Level. I mean, I remember when, when I went to school at the Mayo, they had a conference- for the students and they said listen if you don't dress if you don't watch the weather and dress uh for the weather you could really get injured you know 
if yes. you don't, if you go outside because the wind it can you know it's it kicks up and it's below zero and and it's no joke and the, at the Mayo you, once you get inside the Mayo Clinic there's tunnels and there's there's uh, bridges yeah yeah so you can stay in as soon as you get in there you're in you know you don't have That's to be right. outside at all because you can travel around these little network of tunnels and bridges and things so. That's funny. I always have, I have to teach my kids because we're in Indiana. Now I have to teach my kids and it's freezing out, right? Like there's snow on the ground. It's zero degrees, 10 degrees, whatever it is. And they want to go outside in like a light jacket or like, dad, we're just going down a couple miles down the road. And I go, what if the car breaks down? You know, like you gotta, boys, you gotta be prepared. I mean, what if we have to walk five miles? I don't know. We may have to like, well, it's never going to happen until it does it's like boys you gotta you gotta be prepared or you're gonna get hurt out here well <laughs> you i never would have thought that way until you're responsible for somebody that's so how'd you end up in la so you're traveling around yeah i landed in arizona my head relatives there in arizona i landed yep. there and i was working out at a gym and uh this modeling agent came up to me and he said, hey, have you ever modeled before? And I had modeled before in, in undergrad school. I modeled a little bit, you know. Nice, yeah. So I had a little bit of modeling experience, but not much because, you know, I couldn't really do a modeling career and go to school. Right. So I just kind of put it on the back burner. So then when I went to Arizona, I got, you know, discovered again. And this guy's like, hey, yeah, because, you know, I was pretty fit and everything. So he's like, hey, you'd be a great fitness model and stuff like that. So. Anyway, in Arizona, I started booking jobs, doing, you know, I was a contract therapist and I was doing modeling on the side, kind of, kind of, it was kind of fun. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. I was like, where's this going to go? I don't know. So I just said, okay, let's just see where it goes. So a guy from California comes out to recruit for these magazine covers and so on for Weeder, Joe Weeder. Yeah. Oh Joe yeah. Weider, the muscle, oh, yeah. muscle fitness and Gotta know and so I got booked by this guy and he's like, Hey man, you should come out to LA. It's that's where the action is. And you could be a great, you know, addition to the fitness modeling out, out in LA. I'm like, Hey, that sounds great. Cause Arizona was at that time. It was so hot. I was just like looking for an excuse to get the hell out of Dodge. It was like huh? one, one sixteen at night. Yeah. And then the payment of fried egg. So I was like, ah, oh. so maybe I'll just go for the summer. So I just said, okay, screw it. I'm I'll just go for the summer and, and see how it goes and get out of the heat. And so I got a little place in Playa del Rey, which is near the beach. And uh, just started uh, to, to do some modeling. And I, I was a lot of fun. And then, then I, I sort of put my, my PT, physical therapy career, on ice because I sort of got tired of the ill care side of things. You know, being around, you know, sick people. Is, yeah, it's hard. It's taxing on you too, as the, as the caretaker and everything like that. I mean, I was compassionate and everything like that, but still it grates on you over time. So I was like, yeah, I'll just be, I wanted to become a personal trainer so I could stay in the gym and, you know, pursue some, uh, my fitness modeling career. And so I, I started working out at gold's gym in Venice. Nice. Which Perfect. Was, the Mecca. And says, yeah, it's, it's a circus. I've been there once. It's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. So I had an office in there. Um, and, you know, I have my own like nutrition consulting and fitness, you know, thing. I work with this company. Cool. And so I was, you know, coaching people in, in Gold's Gym. It was great. And then I could pursue my modeling career. And I got a couple, co- you know, I had uh, several covers and a lot of inserts and a couple commercials along the way. And I was just like, it's just having fun. 
Yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't make you a lot of money, but it, it sure is a lot of fun to do it. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a I'm really cool pictures out of it. And I show my kids, you know, they're like, oh, daddy, you know, that was you, dad. That was you. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Your kids are now what? 15 and 12? Yep. 15 and 12. Yeah. Very cool. Boy, girl, what are they? What, what sex are they? Max, my son is. He's, he's 15. Yep. And then my daughter is Amanda. We call her Mandy, but Amanda, she's 12. So I've got a couple of teenagers and he's so excited to be driving. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I always tell people when they, when I first had kids, I felt like I was on suicide watch because you know, it's like, you're like, you don't know what they're going to get into. Like my son, actually, I, I had to revive him. My aunt, my, my uh, mother-in-law, thank God she's a nurse. There was a couple of close calls. He fell one time from the stairs, like the top. Yeah. I literally caught him. Oh, no kidding. I literally caught him. He, he remembers. Love it. I was like, like unbelievable reflexes. I just remember, man, I can't let this kid fall. I said, no. no. So I just saw him doing it. I was like, whoa. And then, um, oh, wow. then he swallowed a ring in his throat and it got caught and he was blue when I, and I saw him oh, and my, mercy. my mother-in-law came up and we knew exactly what to do. We just, you know, pounded that. Um, Turned him upside down and just started pounding on him. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh. So those are some close calls, but as a parent, you know, you gotta, I tell, tell people you know, in your first five years, you're on suicide watch. Yeah, I, I thought you were saying it from the other perspective because I felt like it the, for the first 10 months I was on suicide watch just for myself, not for the kids. Like, no sleep, and you're like, oh, yeah. And, and people don't tell you, you know, nobody tells you how hard it really is. I wish there was a little bit more transparency when it came to being a parent. It's like, hey, this isn't for everybody. Not everybody's meant to be a parent, not everybody's going to enjoy this. It's a crap ton of work. It's really rewarding work eventually, but at first, there's no payback. I mean, they're just eating and pooping, and they don't even smile at you. And that, that to me, was really difficult. Yeah. I tell oh, people yeah. I, was, I was in the bubble. You're in the parent bubble, and <laughs> you can't do anything but stay in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's exactly right. And then, hey, I'll come to your house, but we got to leave because we got to put the kids down on time. You know, it's like extra planning. And oh, did you bring oh. the, the wipes? Did you bring the, you know, what? forgot the formula? You forgot. I was like, oh, like, you know, it's yeah. like every outing is like you're going to go camping for three days. <laughs> that's the truth. And that's why you never leave, right? That's why you never leave. Like, exactly. Just stay in your, stay in the bubble. Stay in the bubble. You don't have to plan anything. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I was uh, doing that. And then I came out to LA and I just stayed, man. I just, I just loved it here. And uh, yeah. I bounced around LA for a while and, you know, I got married. I, um, I, I, uh, when I was traveling, I met my future wife when I was traveling Costa Rica. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I was traveling down there in my thirties and I met her and then we just kind of hit it off and did the long distance thing for a while and then got married and had two kids and is she Costa Rican? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, my wife's Canadian. So, you know, the, I mean, that, that's a hell of a process. It, yeah. When you're doing long distance. It's yeah. Do long distance, but then yeah, to get the visa and then to get them citizenship and all, I mean, yeah, and it's a, and it, 9-11 just hit. 
Oh, geez. Yeah. And we were going to do like, you know, like a fiance visa and all that stuff. And we were talking to this lawyer and he's like, yeah, after 9-11, everything's changed. Mm -hmm. So you may not see her for months and months and months and months. So he's, hey, if you guys love each other, just get married. That's it. Yeah. That's what our lawyer, our lawyer said the same thing. All the red tape's gone. And so the next day I, I kneeled down. <laughs> <laughs> did you go to the courthouse? Yes. We went to the court. Yeah, we did too. Yeah. Cause I called my guys. Hey, I'm getting married. You want to come be a witness? <laughs> that's and it'd be, you know, $30 and we're done. <laughs> that's great. Deepest wedding ever. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Mine was, uh, courthouse we actually didn't have a witness because we were planning another one and we just for a long time we didn't even tell anybody that we got married at the courthouse but her green card was expiring in may her student visa or whatever so then we had to get the regular visa and then it's like now we're gonna have the official wedding and everybody was you know it, it ended up working out so what a process though divorce though but we're still a family you know so good we, we still respect and love each other. And I feel like it's transitioned to just a, a family type of mentality where we, we're here to help each other be good, better parents. Cool. And so as a matter of fact, we're actually um, moving to uh, Costa Rica really soon together as a family. Are you? Yeah. So Is, next, And everybody's going? Everybody's going. Wow. Yeah. Costa Rica. So awesome. She's from a small town in, in Costa Rica, like 3,000. So it's a little bit smaller than where I grew up. But it's a really cute little town near a river. You can river raft and kayak and all this outdoor oh, yeah. stuff. It's beautiful. And she she came to me one day. And she's like, yeah, my grandpa gave me some land. I'm building a house. I'm considering, you know, she works remotely so she could work, you know, from there. Hey, what do you think about moving down there? I was like, that'd be great. It's 60% less cost of living than LA. That's 60%. Right. 60. And I can do my anchor gym, you know, business down there. That's right. And uh, we actually sourced a manufacturer down there. So we're going to be, oh, making, did you? Yeah. We're going to be making oh, ourselves stuff to Rica. Yeah. Wow. Really awesome. So when did, when did anchor gym come around? So right around 2008, 2009, I was working at a, I was a physical therapist and a personal trainer. I kind of combined those two together Yeah. because I was a personal trainer for seven years only. I didn't do PT. So I took a, a break from PT, but had my license since 91. And so I was like, I fused them together. So I was working at this country club as a therapist and a personal trainer. And I was uh, part of this company called Core Energy Fitness with this one other guy. Mm -hmm. And his business model was to expand into other country clubs and, and give them these services, you know, physical therapy, personal training, yoga, Pilates, group exercise, et cetera, personal training. And um, so I was working there and I was doing exercise and therapy with my clients. So they would vacillate between physical therapy and then we discharge, they go to, you know, I would train them. And so they used right. a lot of bands and because they're, they're the, the average age was like 82 or something ridiculously high at, at oh, this yeah. particular country club. So I'm dealing with a lot of Medicare, you know, patients 65 and older, and those machines aren't, you know, for fitness in the, in the floor there, you know, this traditional paramount machines and whatever machines, they can't do that. Right. So we were just doing band training and I would teach them exercises to do, and they would do them on the floor, but they would attach them to like, whatever, 
So they would attach them to a Smith machine or some functional trainer machine that would, you know, people would adjust it and move all these arms around. And one guy had it on there and somebody adjusted it while he was exercising and he just flew off. And he landed on another uh, client, his, his face, and he chipped his tooth. Oh, geez. So That's what got me thinking. I need a system to anchor bands on that's away from all the other stuff. So it's a designated area to, to do band training. And yes. that's, that's the kind of the initial thought I had. And then I talked to an engineer, a friend of mine, and I said, hey, can you just make me a hook? Because I knew what was out there on the market. I'd studied the market. I was like, I didn't want to buy this big, chunky piece of equipment right. on the wall because that's what they're selling. And then their specialty bands is on top of that, which were different bands than just traditional, you know, hand loop bands and stuff like that. Right. So they're like, they're specialty bands. I know what they're trying to do there because once they break, you have to buy them through them. And, and that's the cycle that's of business, right? right? So, so basically what I did was I said, I, I want to use all my off the shelf bands on one system. And also my straps and my ropes and my springs and pulleys and anything needed attaching, I wanted that system to do it. So I talked to this guy, engineer guy, he, he worked with metal and he, we went through several <clears throat> iterations of the hook and we landed on a hook that kind of looks like this. And it's got the T-bar the right here is the safety feature. So That's it's right. an open hook. So you don't have to have any clip hooks or fasteners, which is great because those are always getting lost or yes. I don't know where they go. It's like a sock in the laundry, you know, it disappears. That's <laughs> true. Right? So or it's another or it's another break point. Exactly. So yeah. usually, usually the, the the solution before my solution was a D-ring. So there's two oh, attachments right, yeah. here. But that led to a fastener, or you had to thread the whole uh, uh, band through there. Yeah. And then transitioning was a pain because you had to unthread it, kind of put the handle through it. And so I was just like, that's too cumbersome. So this little T-bar was what we patented is the safety feature. So if it rides up, it won't come off and snap in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a version that did come off and snap my business partner in, in the forehead. <laughs> That's not good <laughs> lawsuit happening there. So anyway, so we came up with this one. So basically it's like a three, three hooks in one, the main hook here. And then these are like hooks here. Yeah. So they're, they basically catch, it's like, it's considered like a, um, you know, when you pull your boat up to the dock and you have those cleats, those more. That's it. Yeah. So it's a similar concept where you just wrap the rope around and it's, it's not going to come off. Yeah. So we never had a, a failure. So basically it's like, this is the mini version for the home and we have come in different colors. This is the one we started with. This is the big kahuna. I mean, it's, that's the one I, I've got three of those. Yeah, this is, they're all indestructible in my opinion. I mean, this is really indestructible because yes. it's rated 800 pounds. You can work several people out on this one hook, you know? Oh yeah. They can do boot camp style training and all these other things. So, but it, it kind of like opened up the world. Uh, I didn't even think it was going to be a business really in the beginning. I was just wanting it for me and my yes. clinic. And then I started um, calling on distributors and I called a distributor and this one guy was just like, yeah, this is, this is not a me too product. This is a really interesting product. And I was like, Hey, maybe we have something here. So I sort of just kind of let the universe take me down this road. And here I am. I mean, we're in four countries and we're on, we're doing really, really well. I mean, plus with the, with the, with, with COVID and everybody trying to do fitness at home, 
this is a great, great piece of equipment because it takes no floor space. So anybody can have a gym because a lot of gyms, you know, are, you know, benches and, you know, big right. equipment chewing up space in your room or house. That's right. And this is a, the great alternative is this, this is like no excuse to not have a gym because, you know, it's fraction of the cost. I mean, shoot, I mean, you buy one of those pieces oh of equipment, it's like thousands of dollars. Oh, it's hilarious. I had a friend give me a really nice lap pole and low row machine that I had to, he moved out of Indianapolis. So I had to take it out of his basement and put it in my basement, which is a nightmare by the way. So whoever buys my house next is going to get themselves a really nice lap pull down machine because I'm not moving that damn thing. But the other thing is I don't use it because I like the anchor gym better. I can just, to me, it's, it, you can create so many different angles and movements with the body. It's like, it's fun for me to play with instead of just sitting and locking my legs in and doing the lat pull down. I'm like, I'm in a warrior pose doing, you know, I can do a double arm. I can do a single arm with one strap while holding the other one. I can get a stretch. I can work isometric holds on my legs. Like I can do all these super cool and creative things. And it's just like, I'm playing with resistance, you know, and it changes as you can, you can move from side to side, front, back, you can do all these different things. And then here you are. And I was like, Hey, what about a bar? And you're like, Oh, I got, I got one where it's in the works and it's awesome. And it's awesome. And it's super practical. And congrats on that, by the way, because I was, I was really excited to see what it looked like. And for everybody out there, I bought it. Like I just went online and I, I bought the thing. Cause yeah, I just, I want to, you know, it's, I like, and I, I told everybody in the introductions, like I got some criteria before I'll promote something, you know, it's got to be effective. It's got to be efficient. It's got to be practical. How does it fit into your life? And it's got to be approachable and affordable, right? It's, you can't, most people, most people can't just throw down three, $4,000 for equipment at the house and also have a gym membership. Cause that's fun sometimes to go socialize. Like, no, it's, this to me is a perfect solution. Uh, band training is so every, you know, band, band, re- resistance bands are the number one used fitness tool in the world. We actually did a business plan wow. and we discovered that because it's affordable and effective and portable. And there's so many features that are built into it. Yeah. It breaks sometimes, but you just got to be aware of, you know, the wear and, and keeping out of yeah, the sun off the floor and you can take care of your bands in a certain way. But um, it's still, I mean, I use those large loop bands and I, those aren't breaking. Yeah. Those are great because they don't, they don't break as much. I mean, yeah, they're prone to break at some point. Yes, they can, but they're, they're very durable and, you know, you can change the weight on those things. You can double them up and, you know, if you're pulling at a 20 pound rate and just double it in a second, yes. you know, you can't, you know, dial a dumbbell and all that other stuff. I mean, you can't do that. With- yeah. And you can, you can change the resistance by moving closer or further too. So you, you can, you can double it by doubling the loop. You can half it by half in the loop, or you can move in and out. I mean, there's so many ways to play with it. And I just think for a lot of people, the, the variable resistance of it is actually, and sure you get some people that go, well, it doesn't actually, uh, the, the force curve or the strength curve of it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? Where you're weakest, it's weakest. And where you're strongest, it's strongest. So for me, that equals tons of safety. And 
what, you know, when things are safe, you can do them for a long time. They're super sustainable. And that to me makes a lot of sense. And it takes care of the joints. As, you know, as a football player, I'm sure you have, you know, issues with joints and yes. most all athletes do because of just the sheer repetition of what you're doing. Yes. In your case, it's repetition and the, the physicality of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my shoulder, because I used to leave with my shoulder as a linebacker and this really hurts and my neck mm-hmm. really, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was trying to bench press, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, it was so painful. But when you use bands, you can work in your functional plane of, of motion, which eliminates pain. And that's what I love about it because I, you can, it's your plane of motion, not the machines. Exactly. Or you're not, you're not imprisoned by the bar and the confines of that. Pressing, you know, um, line, you can create your own line of resistance. Mm -hmm. I don't know when we, everyone fell in love with the bar, like the bench press. It's so, it's, it's really, it, it always like baffles me. And at some point I'm sure I was angry about it, but it's like in the NFL, the combine test for upper body strength is the bench press. How many times can you do two twenty five? Right. But the, so what gets rewarded with that is having a big chest and short arms. So the shorter your arms are, the better you're going to be at that test. When in reality, in sports, almost all sports, the longer your arms are, the more effective you're going to be. Because now I can keep everybody at distance and I've got a longer range, right? So I can be 6'4 with 6'7 arm span. I play like a much bigger person than my arms are. And it has not technique and bench. Like you will never once bench press somebody off of you unless you just got put on your back. So in most sports, you know, the, a lot of the movements that I think we get caught up on don't really translate all that well because they're not incredibly functional. Right, right. So we got to go. Um, yeah, well, we'll wrap it up. I know you got you got a schedule and we'll uh, we try to keep them under an hour just so so everybody can everybody can uh, move on with their day. And of course we appreciate your time and their time. And no doubt. No uh, doubt. Yeah. So this has been a great chat though. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, man. Oh, I just, I enjoyed the conversation. When are you moving to Costa Rica? How, how quickly is this happening? Into November, December of this year. Awesome. So we have, a, actually, I want to uh, give a shout out to our cabin. We have, we, Jasmine and I, my ex, we bought a cabin on, on the mountaintop overlooking cool. the river and the volcano. And we're going to go ahead and, and like Airbnb it. No kidding. So I just want to blast that out to your, 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 uh, your fans. Oh, so if cool. they ever, ever need to go to Costa Rica to contact me, cause I have a lot of reach there. Her brother is a, um, he has his own agency, a travel agency. So, and you can see, you know, zip lining, horseback riding, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Costa Rica is one of my favorite. What do you, does your Airbnb have a name? We call it cabin number one. <laughs> Cause I think we're going to have cabin number two at some point, but it's a really, I can, I can send you some photos of it. Um, we're, it's a work in progress. So we're almost done with it. It's a two level and it's, it has indoor outdoor areas. So when it's raining, you can be outside and be protected. Oh, awesome. It's next to this really cool ravine. So it feels like you're in the jungle, you know, and uh, we're going to cool. do yoga there. We're going to do, uh, you know, anchor gym's going to be all over the place there. So yeah. It's going to be like a fitness retreat, yoga retreat, whatever oh, retreat you want to call it. 
And we're, we're excited about that. So we're going to be doing that. And that'll be like a family affair. So we can have the kids help out and stuff like that. And then, you know, we'll be learning Spanish. The kids will be in school down there. And are the kids excited about it? Yeah. Cause they've been going down there every summer. They go down there to see their cousins and they spend the summer down there. So that's great. They know what they're getting into. So, and they're all in, you know, they're like, yeah. What an experience. It's going to be a great experience and they'll be, you know, around their family and the, it won't be, you know, LA is so, everybody's so paranoid, you know, in LA, it seems like, you know, you can't let your kid go outside. They're going to get stolen or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, good for you guys. That, that is amazing. Sean, where, where can people follow you? How can they get a hold of you? Um, where can they learn more? Go to the anchor gym.com. Awesome. The, the anchor gym.com. There we go. So that I'd be happy to take care of your customers. They can email me. I can shoot them a, a coupon code. We have a, a for, it's called the coupon code that your your um your listeners can uh, use is it's free ten. Awesome. So capital, I think it's capital, but whatever. It's free ten. If not, my my contact information's on the uh, the website. So welcome to email me. Um, we have a core wellness program. I posted a bunch of different uh, things about nutrition and, and strength training and cardiovascular. So people kind of get a broad idea of why they're doing it and yes. how, how it's affecting your body and things like that. So if you know the why, then you're more apt to do it, you know? So yes, I but there's, it's a resource of information. We have, we have an app, so you can, we have almost 200 exercises on the app, by the way. Yeah, that's right. So, and We've we're- got the app. Different, yeah, you got the app. So we have different app. workouts and we're doing an email blast to all our customers saying, hey, if you want to see a workout, let me know. We can put it, put it together for you. So we're going to constantly be adding exercises and workouts to the app and love customer feedback, good or bad. It's it's all good. Yeah, it's growth for you. Growth for us. So, you know, we welcome all and any feedback and, um, I, you know, just email me or call me or whatever. That's, not, that's what you did to me. You you emailed me and said, I love your stuff. And this is, here we are. Yeah. Hey, can we talk? And you're, yes, we can. All right, man. So awesome. See where the universe takes you guys. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Sean, thank you so much. This was a, a fantastic hour. Yeah, it was it really, I really, really, I'm honored to be here and to know you and thank you for your service. Awesome.